Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is written for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the ninth verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, would you rather, would you rather be rich or make others rich? Now, the way I've worded that seems to imply that they're mutually exclusive. You could either be rich or, or make others rich. But what if they weren't? What if you could be rich and make others rich? So in that circumstance, would you rather be rich, just rich? Or would you rather make others rich? And what if they were mutually exclusive, and let's say even more than that, that the more you made someone rich, the poorer you had to become. If that were the circumstance, would you rather be rich or make others rich? This idea of, of giving to others and sacrificing yourself for the benefit of others is not only in our text with regards to Jesus, it's in the whole context of this verse. See, in Acts chapter 11, it's recorded that there was this guy, Agabus, who had predicted that there would be a severe famine. And the apostles had decided that they would conduct an offering to collect for the, the Christians, the saints, that were inflicted by this famine. Paul's writing to, second, to the Corinthians here, but if you were to look at the start of chapter 8, he talks about the Macedonians. And in response to this appeal for the benefit of the saints in Judea, Paul tells us that the Macedonians did way more than what he even imagined they would do. Out of a severe trial and real poverty, Paul tells us that they gave beyond their means. They were actually begging Paul, begging Paul for the privilege of being able to give to help the saints in Judea. The Corinthians had heard about this peer appeal and had also been eager, but they hadn't followed through yet. They hadn't completed their giving. And so Paul held the Macedonians up as an example to test their love and as a point of comparison, 
So Paul was trying to urge the Corinthian Christians to give in the same way that the Macedonian Christians had. This text then is one of the examples or one of those times where Jesus is held up as an example. And Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Paul's saying, look at what the Macedonians did. Look at what Jesus did. And behave in a similar way. So what did Jesus do? Our text tells us that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. So how did Jesus become poor? Well, we know that as the Son of God, he had all glory and wealth in heaven. But he let go of that and came down to earth. And he came down, Philippians tells us, in the form of a servant or to be a servant. So Jesus gave up the wealth of heaven and came down here to live as a servant. He chose a humble way of life. At one point he told his disciples, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Just think about that. The one who gives life to the foxes provides all that they need. The one who gives life to the birds and enables them to make nests and have a home. He chose not to have a home. He chose to live a humble life. And so we might look at the the life that Jesus chose here on earth and the the glory and wealth that he had in heaven and say, yeah, he, he chose to become poor. But that humble way of life that Jesus chose... It's really just a glimpse of the true poverty that Jesus chose to take on when he came to earth. Because Jesus also took on our sins. And we look at our earthly life and we think whether we have a big house or lots of clothes or no food to eat, that's the measure of whether we're rich or poor. That's not how God sees it. In God's eyes, what makes you rich or poor is your righteousness or your lack of it. Your sins make you a pauper, a beggar in God's economy. Jesus became poor 
by taking on your poverty as his own. In the book of Colossians, I believe it's chapter 2, verse 14, Paul writes there and he says, the written charge or the written debt against you was taken away from you by God nailing it to the cross. So when you think of the list of all of your sins, the list of your poverty and unrighteousness before God, Jesus became poor by saying, that's no longer yours, it's mine. And when we look at the cross, we see Jesus suffering and dying, but what we really should see is Jesus paying our debt. And so we will say, my sins nailed Jesus to the cross, and that's true. Because he took on our poverty. He claimed it as his own and suffered whatever God demanded for it. So Jesus has made full atonement for our sins. That means he has made the payment in full for everything that our sins demand according to God's judgment. And so Jesus became poor for you. He took on your poverty, our text tells us, so that you might become rich. In another verse of Paul, it says, He who had no sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Before I said that your righteousness or unrighteousness, that's what determines whether you're rich or poor in, in God's economy. Jesus has not only taken over the debt of your sin and claimed it as his own and paid for it. He's also bestowed upon you a righteousness by faith. His perfect life is now yours. Jesus didn't just die for you, he also lived for you. And now by faith, his perfect life is charged to your account. So in God's eyes, you're rich. Your sins are forgiven. And you have the perfect life that Jesus, that Jesus lived and God, God demands. So regardless of what your worldly circumstances may be, rich or poor, by faith, you are rich. Whether you feel it or not, or whether you think it or not, by faith, you are rich. Your sins are forgiven, and you are an heir of heaven. Just as Jesus descended and ascended into heaven. One day, you will ascend into heaven and be with him. All the treasures of heaven are yours because of Jesus. So let's return to that first question, not as a conclusion, but as a continuation. 
Would you rather be rich or make others rich? What if you can be both? In the heavenly sense, you can. Sharing the riches that Christ has won through his life, death, and resurrection doesn't in any way diminish your own personal wealth in heaven. You can give generously of the forgiveness of sins to those around you. And it in no way will diminish your own forgiveness. And God actually wants you to be generous with his forgiveness and give it to those around you. But there's one last application I want to make of this text this morning. I'm going to guess that most of the students here are at college because they have some career or lifetime pursuit that they're chasing after. What goes into your decision as to what you want to be? As I've talked to people, there's, there's probably two things that jump out in my mind. The first is passion. Do you enjoy something? Okay. The second one is, can it make me money? Okay. You can be an aspiring artist and still at the same time think, I'm not going to be able to feed myself doing that. Right. And so those two have to go hand in hand. But there are times, because of our passion, we will forego the money. We will be that starving musician or starving artist because we are so passionate about what we want to do. We're willing to make that sacrifice. Well, there's a vocation that maybe involves both of those things. And it's that of being a pastor. There's a lot of things that you can do in this life that will make you a lot of money if God has given you those abilities. But you can't make anyone richer than when you give them the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. You can't impact anyone's life more meaningfully than when you show them the Savior, their Savior. And that impact is not only for this life. It's for the life to come. So if God's grace has touched you, Think deeply about how he wants you to touch others. If you have a passion for this grace and a, a passion for sharing this love and forgiveness with others, think about being a pastor. Think about being a Christian day school teacher. Because we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that we through his poverty might become rich. May God bless you with a deep faith, understanding what Jesus did for you to make you rich. May you live every day confident that you are rich, that your sins are forgiven. One day you're going to be in heaven. And may his grace touch your heart deeply so that you'd also want to make others rich too. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, Guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.